This is Startup Growth Grill, a podcast for talking tech and chatting growth with diverse startups. We ask hard questions, have authentic answers, and get to the bottom of startup success. I'm your host, Kevin McPhee, and this podcast is brought to you by BriefBit, an industry-first centralized RFP platform for media buyers and ad tech vendors. Now let's get started. Today we have guest Irina Zusman, who is the co-founder of a company called Bags Away. So Irina, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background, how you came upon this idea, and a little bit more about Bags Away. Uh, my background in terms of my work career, you mean? Um, anything that you think is relevant to what led you to this Okay. Path. Well, um, I have been in the startup space ever since I got out of university. I just kind of um, was presented with an opportunity and I found myself in it. And there was just something about, uh, I guess, the stress and excitement of it that just kept me wanting more. And... Um, uh, the opportunity for Bags Away just came up at a time that I was working on several other ventures, but something with it resonated with me because I am a huge traveler and I myself had that business problem, like that situation when I was traveling where I needed to store luggage and it really hindered my plans for the day. Um, so whenever I was working on any other ventures, I just kept thinking about Bags Away and had ideas for it. So it's kind of like, in a sense, love at first sight when you just can't stop thinking about someone or something. You just know that this is the venture that you need to focus your attention on. And that's what's, uh, I just dove right in. Fair enough. So it was, uh, out of all the things you're working on, that was the one that you, you were most passionate about. Um, yeah. So uh, like, how did you even get started on this? Was it like you and somebody else were kind of working on it? Did someone else bring you in on it? Was it yours from the get-go? No, so actually I was brought up on it. Um, my business partner is my uh, friend's husband. So we met and what they were doing, they were they started renting Airbnb. They were Airbnb hosts and they came up with an operational issue that people constantly kept coming and saying, hey, can you store my bags? Like before, we could, before their check-in, after their checkout, we don't know what to do with our bags. There's no concierge. Obviously, it's a different situation. And they found that this was like causing them a lot of issues, but it's also a business opportunity. Obviously, there's a gap. And when we were chatting, I'm like, you know what? I was just traveling myself. And as a consumer or traveler, I found that I had that issue. When I was traveling, I was stuck. I was like at this this beautiful place and I was just stuck with my bags on this beach and I couldn't do anything because there was no particular dedicated space where I could leave my bag. So um, that just sparked the idea and that's how Bags Away was born. Right. So I guess the, the target audience is people, is it more specifically catered to people in Airbnbs or just? Um, yeah. I mean, there are different use cases, which we, you know, hypothesized and found out through as, as we went, but it is something that was born out of the Airbnb. So obviously it's a bit of a butterfly effect. Every industry, there's uh, little uh, auxiliary services that will be born. So it is, uh, it is a byproduct of that, but there are people who use it to optimize, you know, their travels when they can't come out of a hotel and they're on one side of New York and they want to explore another side of New York. You don't want to waste time and money just going back across town just to pick up your bag. So this is a great way to really optimize your travel plans and fully enjoy your time. Cool. Yeah, I think I have a couple more questions about the target market. But before we dive into that, maybe you can talk about exactly how Bags Away works. Like what is sort of the operations from a I guess like a customer's perspective like how do they how do they use bags away so I mean I don't think that I really dove into what bags away is but bags away (laughs) essentially bags away is a marketplace that connects travelers and locals with storefronts that offer secure convenient locations uh, to store bags on demand so pretty much when a customer 
needs to store their bags, let's say it's the last day of their travel, um, we are working on bringing awareness to the service that, so they don't find themselves in that pickle and experience that point of friction at, you know, right there and then. So the idea is that they will go online, they'll go on bagsaway.ca, they'll put in an address or a particular monument, and they can find locations around that area, which are participating businesses that can hold their bags as they need to during the day. So they can just go online, book, and just proceed to the location to drop it off. When they're done, they can just pick it up conveniently and off they go. So part of uh, our service is that we do lock um, the items and we offer insurance as added security. Cool. So do they pay through the website? Yes, it's it's only online payment at the moment. We don't want to disrupt the operations for the business. So everything is done online. We handle everything. We just want them to come in, um, build a report, maybe, you know, use the products or services if they find that to be, um, you know, if that's something that resonates with them as mm-hmm. they're in there and just drop off their bags and continue on their day. Cool. So what happens um, if they... If they don't know how long like they're going to be, like do they have to register how long the bags are going to be staying at the location, or is yeah, it so they pay when they pick it up, or yes, um, it is. We do offer hourly storage, and it it goes up to a max a day. So if you don't know exactly, but so you can pay the maximum price, or you can always update it online uh, yourself, or just co- contact our customer support through chat or phone or email, whatever it is. So they have right. many options. Okay, I have a question then. Um, what happens if someone books it for, say, like, say two hours, but they end up don't coming back for like another eight hours? Um, they've already paid online, so what would happen in that circumstance? I well, generally speaking, we would probably contact them because we're we're gonna let them know that their uh, storage is overdue, and if the store, there, I mean, it is the customer's responsibility to pick up their bags within the store's operational hours. Mm-hmm. So we do contact them if we see that it's nearing the closing the closing time, so that they're aware if they do do not come on time that they can pick it up the next morning, right? On uh, and and they will be charged additional fee. So okay. that's so essentially what happens. Yeah, if they didn't update it themselves, um, it does happen that people do leave their bags and just update it going forward cool and we can just go into the insurance a bit more so i'm certain some people are very um concerned with you know what happens if something happens to their bag if they have their valuables their laptops their jewelry expensive stuff like that um so how exactly does the insurance work so everything is automatically insured they don't have to do any sort of plan or anything like that okay so it is a limited liability insurance i mean if they're carrying cash expensive jewelry and you know high-tech laptops and camera equipment um that is something that we do not cover so we do recommend that they take their valuables so generally we cover up to three thousand dollars per order up to twelve hundred dollars a bag um which is much more than you know air canada or airlines will give you if they lose your bag so i mean uh it's 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 pretty good. It's not bad at all. Um, we are thinking about offering additional uh, insurance that people can buy, like two dollars extra, mm-hmm. because we did get some feedback from people, like let's say uh, photographers are going around the city, told us that it's really big problem for them. They're constantly going around the city. They really want to leave their bag somewhere. I mean, you know, with all the camera equipment. Right. So that's something that we're looking at. We're also like working with corporate customers. That is something that we might want to offer additionally if they're carrying any merchandise or things like that. So we want. Mm-hmm. We want them to also feel comfortable and right. be able to access our storage locations. So some sort of like tiered service program almost. Sorry? Like almost like a tiered service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's something that we're looking into for sure. 
because we see the demand there and we see how we're we are limiting you know yeah. access to certain audiences right and so if if the if the business somehow makes an error and like the bag isn't there when their customer returns is that still like under the same insurance yes it is under the same insurance so we'll go we'll investigate i mean 99 of the businesses will all, all also have cameras these days right. so that's something we're going to work with the business owner i'm going to say knock on wood and there is this lovely beautiful wood, wooden table right here we have not had any sort of incidents but and you know as we scale and as we grow i can imagine that we should be ready for anything and everything yeah, things happen yeah absolutely so is there i guess is there like a vetting process when you bring on a, a store or a vendor to make sure that they meet not know, like certain security requirements or responsibility requirements yeah like absolutely that? so we do ask for um a location that's not accessible by store patrons only to only store employees so and we ideally it's a securely um locked storage space so some people they use a basement they use an office or like a supply room um so that is something that's necessary obviously we want to we usually inspect we come we come and physically inspect we have a team that goes and inspects the locations if not less they send pictures we want to make sure that it's clean uh, that uh, you know that the bags are not being exposed to anything so mm-hmm. things like that that nobody's storing it in the kitchen and cooking like you know <laughs> biryani <Yeah. laughs> right right next to it <laughs> so we do have a vetting process and we actually have declined certain partners because they were just not you know the cleanliness levels and like that's just not within yeah. our standards of operation so even though we might really want that particular location because there's tons of demand we'd rather not have it and misrepresent ourselves right yeah that makes sense Cool. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit, actually. So when we go back to, you said you have a co-founder. Yeah. Um, do you have anyone that's on the technical side? Because I know you have a website where you have, you know, the yeah, payments, uh, processing and the, the booking features. Um, how did you guys go about getting that done? So, I mean, I do consider ourselves very lucky that my co-founder is an engineer because I know a lot of other companies that just don't like they're in a bind because of that. So yeah. He's an engineer and we do have um, we have a development team in Ukraine. So uh so I'm lucky that he can head that. Um I do have experience with uh, um you know product development and software development but really not to the technical levels that he did and yeah. I had a lot of trial and error being in that role without having his uh, knowledge set so I really consider that to be um really really valuable so you know he went ahead and created that basic mvp that really basic understanding of what are the basic features that we need like i also worked as a product manager so we kind of came together but he really whipped it up really really fast awesome so so what was the basic mvp that you initially used well the basic mvp is just to ensure that there is a space to book where people can put in their uh, credit card and access a map of locations so they can book so just see locations click on the location, mm-hmm. pay for the location. And so how far along were you when you first launched that MVP? Like how many stores did you have? Where were you guys launching? Like how was Okay, so we started um I mean, initially we actually started with another um luggage uh del- delivery service. So we were already operating in the market and we knew that there was demand. Okay. And uh so this was an additional pivot that we added to it. Um We just kept having customers come and ask like, "Hey, can I just drop off my bags?" They actually came to our virtual office space and and kept trying to drop off their bags, which um which, you know, would put us in a bind then, but also give us an idea. Uh but operationally what we we didn't want to get into like a retail space, get employees and which location. So we just kind of brought the idea together 
oh my God, there's all these stores around, would they store it? So what we tried to do, so first and foremost, we went, we, we already knew that the customers want the locations, would they book it inside a business? We started going around businesses, like leaving no stone unturned and just going around and asking, would they do something like that? And we secured 10 locations in Toronto and simultaneously started building the MVP and onboarded them. And within, if I'm not mistaken, literally on the first day, people booked. Literally. So you'd be surprised knowing that there's all these people going around, just like going on Google luggage storage, Toronto, trying to find a right. place and not finding these locations. Hmm. So um, we got bookings and we ramped up much, much quicker than we even expected. So we started expanding in Toronto and to other locations across Canada and the US. Right. So you, you already had some sort of retail, retail space and you had a business that was something along the lines of storing items. Yes. Initially? Well, we didn't have retail space, but we had uh, we had a team of dedicated uh, you know drivers, and we would actually deliver luggage. Oh, I see. Okay. Around the city. So start out with luggage delivery, and the yeah. pivot was to just get space. Yeah, where... but it, I mean, it had a lot of overhead costs. Uh, there was a yeah. uh, you know like you know dedicated drivers, services, and uh, it wasn't as scalable. So um, sure. yeah, so the demand was there, and also like it it constantly like it became. Um, It became almost like a dispatch system, um, and that became a really big issue for us as we wanted to grow. So we um, we looked at this other business model, understood that it just operates itself. Also, it didn't necessitate us to connect a traveler and a driver at the same time. That was constantly a stressful uh, point, for, I think, for both parties. Yeah. It was efficient, but it didn't come without stress. So this way, they're just free to go around on their own and they're not bound to any particular schedule, which is what you want to do when you're traveling because things always change. Travel is fluid and you want to keep it that way, right? For sure. And then in that case, like you pretty much have the same overhead almost as like Uber because you have, well, it might even be worse because they're your own drivers. So you have the fees yeah, of it, it is way the vehicle worse than and that. the driver. So like the cost of the luggage would be crazy. Commercial insurance. Like then you do have to have spaces where you drop off the bags. Yeah. I mean, realistically speaking, that's how the idea first came up. It's like, this driver constantly has to go to this one location. We need more locations. How do we get locations without getting overhead? We sat there and we brainstormed and voila. So just connected dots together, really. Yeah. No, it's a good idea because like I've noticed this too. There's a lot of spaces like restaurants and things like that where like they have used space, especially during certain hours of the day. They have a lot of space that could be used to something else. So it makes sense to use that space that's already being paid for. I mean, the sharing economy is providing like businesses a lot of creativity with what they can do with their space. But additionally to that, we're also bringing potential customers through the door. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much effort and marketing do you have to funnel in to actually get somebody to come into your yeah. business? This way, we have people who are already in the city with a spending budget coming into your business, um, maybe using the, a little bit weary of using the service. You can build rapport. You can upsell. We also offer promotions online for it. As they come in, they can upsell. So if you come in, you come into a cafe, it smells like it's maybe a cold day or a hot day. You come in, it's bubble tea or it smells like mm -hmm. coffee. Like It's really easy to just come and grab that. So they yeah. do... Um, see an increase in their sales as well and they also get paid for the storage so it's a win-win it doesn't cost them anything ever yeah so really why not try and we take the liability upon ourselves and all the customer inquiries so we try to make it as foolproof for the businesses to at least come in and try it out obviously we can't force anybody to store luggage because that would be a bad user experience if a customer comes and says hi i'm here to drop off my luggage and the business owner is like nope 
No, you're not. <laughs> so obviously, um, we work together with them and we make it as easy as possible to opt in and opt out um, if there's for any reason. Cool. Um, so I guess, like at one point, you must have sort of like crunched the numbers and tried to figure out exactly, you know, what, what your target market size is, like what kind of revenues you can expect. I'm not going to ask you what your specific numbers are, but um, like, how did you go about determining the size of the market and determining even if this was a worthwhile venture? Okay, so we were looking at, like really looking at Airbnb's expansion as part of that, looking at the number of travelers who are coming into certain cities, uh, doing some assumptions, really how, what percentage of those travelers would be using, like looking at um, statistics at what percentage of travelers do use Airbnb, how much Airbnb locations are in a city, um, and kind of looking at assumptions from there, going into mar- mar- markets and assembling data and validating that. So in terms of validating, you know, we, we came in with a bunch of assumptions and as we went, we started uh, understanding the traveler journey better, the various use cases, um, doing some research um, and using and using heat maps and our own data of where people are searching for locations to build our expansion accordingly. Mm-hmm. And if you build it, they will come and they have been coming. Yeah. Um, and I can essentially say like we have yet to really tap into the market. From our understanding, right. like, I think that you know, it's really at the cusp there. It's there. It's still a very um, new niche market. So I think that there's still a lot to be, you know, a lot to be um, tapped into. Because in terms of like building awareness online alone will not cut it. You really have to work at it. Because for somebody to to go to Google and say, "Hey, I need it," they have to even consider that a solution exists. So we have to work hard on our end to build awareness, um, use, utilizing exactly. many channels. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was actually going to say because like the fact that people are Googling it may mean that there are other people or other companies doing it elsewhere like that put that idea in their head. So um, like, do you find like there's any competition, at least here in like Canada and the US? So actually competition, um, I see we see competition out of Europe and the US as well. Um, like, for instance, uh, in the US, there's a company called Verto. And um, there's a company called Bag b and <laughs> interesting name, uh, out of Europe. So yeah, it does exist. I mean, when people seek, you know, solutions, they could say uh, train, luggage storage, and kind of stumble up on us. Mm-hmm. So they don't even know that they're looking for something like us, but they're just right. looking for storage. And then they, they're like, oh, that's an interesting uh, yeah, idea. Yeah. Let me try to use that. It's just more general, whereas they're thinking specifically for, you know, their trip. Yeah, I mean. Bag storage in general. Yeah, they look for bag storage general, they, and then people actually look for us directly. Or yes, obviously they do learn about, I mean, if, if there wouldn't be competition, I mean, there would be a problem, right? And yeah. then there's no, there's no market out there. Exactly. So obviously competition fosters and validates the market and fosters yeah. um, innovation. Yeah, when so you're the first, you're always wondering like, hmm, why, why isn't this out there? What am I missing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, so, I mean, competition is healthy and uh, and also like competition builds awareness. If somebody used a service in Europe, then they're going to go, hey, I hope that they have this service over here, right? So, but with marketplaces, it could be a bit of a land grab. So the market is young. So I guess we'll see, we'll see how things uh, tumble. Yeah. yeah. And would you say that? Um, you guys are like differentiating in much of any way or is it kind of just uh, a race for getting the markets and no there I mean there is 
you know, I mean, at the core, it's a, you know, the, the basic business model is, is quite similar across, uh, across competitors. Uh, for instance, some offer less security, some don't seal the bags. We, we use unique seals and, uh, and tags to make sure that the luggage um, is closed and you can refer to that number to make sure that the luggage wasn't tempered with. Right. Uh, some don't, some offer very little insurance. Some, like for instance, we offer, we have a maximum daily rate per bag, but we also offer an hourly. So up to that maximum. But for instance, bag BNB and Verto, they only charge um, a daily price. So we offer a little bit more flexibility um, in terms of that, and we offer more security. As other companies just literally just give you a little piece of paper. Right. So, I mean, we did some market research and we, you know, the biggest thing would be price and security, right? At this point, there's no loyalty, like I'm only going to use this luggage storage company because, but also like right now there's no way, I mean, unless you, because you're using a lot of different stores and a lot of different um, storefronts, there's no way for you to control the experience as much. Um, so obviously you can have one experience that is great in one location and one experience that's not so great in another location. So I think it remains to be seen how we will you know, enforce more of a standardized experience going forward. Um, partnering up with you know, a big chain and, and expanding that way is one way, but we don't want to only do that because we do want to help mom and pop shops kind of stay above water in the age of yeah. Amazon and reintegrate them into the online world. So we kind of have to find a balance For between sure. this. Yeah, that's always one of the, the difficult things. Like you're, you get the, the benefit of, you know, having a low cost space to rent out, but you don't have the control that you'd like. Um, but I guess like some of the best ways uh, <clears throat> to sort of improve the quality of each place is to maybe offer incentives to the restaurants um, based on like the quality of their, um, I don't know, the quality of their experiences that they serve. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's definitely one way to go about it. I mean, I guess maybe if you will give us top-notch reviews, we will give you additional revenue perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, you know, we, we did think about like kind of tiered, uh, tiered storage partners, but we don't want to at the moment, we don't want to exclude anybody from potentially getting revenue because then cer certain stores will just not get any customers and it'll become stale. And may they may want to, you know, opt out of the service. We do have ideas on how to distribute uh, revenues, um, but that's something that we have yet to put forth and apply it because we just want to familiarize people mm -hmm. with the service first and foremost before we get into, like, we charge the same basic price no matter what the size of your luggage is because if we're going to start complicating the process, we just want people to just get in there, drop off their bags, get used to the idea, and then we can start uh, yeah. introducing variables. Yeah, it's more for the future. So yeah, now yeah. you're still in the growth phases of getting both sides on board, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess with that, uh, like, Let's talk about more a bit about the, the customer side. Mm -hmm. um, so what has your growth strategy been for acquiring customers? And I guess, how has it evolved over time? Sorry, over time? Like, so, yeah. So how did you initially start out trying to get customers on the app? And has it changed much over uh, since you guys have been running the company? So, I mean, I'm going to say Google is, you know, Google owns the world. Uh, those Google dollars have been funneling there. Uh, so it has been Google because mainly like people, how do we find people who are looking for luggage storage? So, so that's been the main thing. Um, but then it has to be also Facebook and Instagram and display ads to complement that, um, to build that awareness. Also working directly with Airbnb hosts who already service a lot of our customers, um, oh. partnering up 
and advertising with hop on hop off and tourism tourism boards and tourism centers um utilizing brand ambassadors going around the city like um a lot of a lot of awareness building also maybe integrating with some booking engines so that if people book through them that they will get an offering and mm-hmm. and find out that uh you know tell them notice that you booked this do you also need luggage storage so i mean part of some part of the customer acquisition process is that most of our bookings right now are very last minute like 90 something percent so what we want to work on is integrating bags away as part of your general travel experience hey yeah. i booked my hotel uh, or my airbnb and i booked my tickets did i think about my experience as I arrived to the city like am I going to need to store my bag so we just wanted to be another component that somebody thinks about it so we want to build that awareness yeah. so that's something that that is a challenge uh but we we want to make it we want to reduce that as a point of friction so that people don't come into the city and be like oh my god what do I do now and a lot of people so we did research and lot, and like such a big percentage like over 80% said hey yes i experienced this issue and most of them really like really, most of them just you know reserve themselves to hey i'm just going to lug my bags because i didn't realize that there's a solution right. so it's our job to look at all these channels and really get to these people when they're booking and when they're looking at their tr- des- destination so we have to be there track them use all those you know pixels and all those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to really understand that but serve them when they need it so yeah 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 that makes sense it's a bit of a process for sure and yeah it always takes time especially when you're working in a space that not everyone even knows like you're solving a problem that people don't even know is a problem right now so yeah. it's educating them on the problem and then telling them that you have the solution so you have to educate them on two different things Yeah. It's a little tricky. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot of um solutions that I stumbled upon and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is such a common problem that I constantly have and I never even thought about somebody providing a solution is just like you just like this is just a problem that I <laughs> that I just figured that I'm just going to continuously have." Yeah. So I feel like luggage storage is one of them because people are like, "Well, that is it. I travel, I carry my bags." And then pff, just hits you over the head. Oh my god, there's something I can do about this? Yeah, it's a backpack. I'm going to wear it on my back, right? But Yeah, but like <laughs> let's say you come into Toronto, but you want to travel to Niagara Falls, then you want to take a little like week trip to Montreal, Quebec City, whatever, and then you're going to come back to Toronto, so you don't want to take all your big ba- big bags with you. You want to just take your carry-on. Can, you can leave it with us for a week you can leave it with us for so we provide long-term discounts and things like that i had that like i went to barcelona and i was checking out and i was going to ibiza i was i only wanted to bring my small luggage and i really didn't know what to do yeah. because i was only going for like two three days so and i'm like okay well and i'm going on a charter plane right so you have to pay extra yeah so there's that solution as well not just for the few hours but there's continuous yeah especially in europe where they have all the cheap flights but they're cheap because you have to pay for every little thing so if you want to bring your your bags then you got to pay all these extra fees and it makes a lot of sense too i guess if you were on like a business trip and then maybe you want to take a couple extra exactly. days to you know go see the sites you don't want to bring all of like your business equipment your laptop the expensive stuff around with you everywhere Yeah, I mean even if it's just like the last day of the conference and you know mostly it ends early, you don't travel until later in the evening and then you just what do I do with these things? Yeah. So, yeah, what what a great way to like spend a little bit of time exploring the city without your bags. Yeah. Yeah, and so then I guess the other side of the marketplace would be the storage locations. Mm-hmm. So, what is your strategy been for getting those guys on board? So at first, you know, we just kind of like we didn't know what would stick with what businesses are going to go. So, I mean, when we started it was uh It was winter, 
So uh, <laughs> I was schlepping around Toronto like at minus 30, just going door oh, to door. Terrible. And yeah, so it was brutal. But there's no way, there's no other way to learn but literally go. Uh, and you have to learn on yourself in order to hand it off to somebody and say, yeah, yeah. this is the process. So we had to do that. We did a, uh, we did a little bit of a travel sales boot camp, like literally went uh, for a month going city to city and doing like 12 to 15 hour door to door sales, really understanding who are the people that are going to sign up and understanding um, how to better target them. So we do have, you know, sales, door-to-door sales. We do have telemarketing. We do referral programs, you know, and we also use um, online advertising to target them because now we understand how to do that, how to reach them. We try to do that before it wasn't as successful. Now we have a, a bit of a better strategy. Okay. Is that something you're willing to reveal or is that a I think, proprietary uh, strategy? I think we're going to keep that. I think we're going to keep that to ourselves. I'm just saying that there's all these different ways of doing that. I mean, um, you know, sales, especially with dealing with business owners, like there is that face to face component. So you do yeah. oftentimes, even if you do make the call, you do need to have somebody on hand, um, you know, to come in and maybe sign like they want to see if the face behind the yeah. business, because if it's only a phone call and there's nobody ever that kind of takes care of the account. Yeah. And also, you know, as you do launch markets, you realize that you do need some local presence. Um, so that goes back to your resources as a startup and goes back to what your priorities are, how are you going to maintain your growth and mm-hmm. your scale. So there's a lot of like that balancing when you try to scale really quickly and then you understand the downfalls of that and you make mistakes and you learn from them and then hopefully you don't make them as you grow. But there's no other way. You just have to you have to experiment. You have to gather data and you have to learn yeah. and you have to keep trying to do it better yeah you can't learn unless you start doing things and getting the data right so yeah and you can't you and you can't be afraid like as, a, as an entrepreneur if you're if you're afraid to fail like just don't go there just don't yeah. go into this space because you learn through failing exactly and it and, and it hurts because it hits you at the dollars <laughs> uh, but there's no other way to learn and that's yeah i think that's great yeah yeah, I mean, you guys have such a, a large, like, geographical area. Even if, you know, you don't do all in one area, just go, let's go to the next place. Like, we learned from this one. Let's just go and try again. Keep trying. Yeah, yeah, Keep yeah, I know. Again. Like, it's uh, it's always like, where do we go? How do we strategize? What's the best place to go? How do we reach all the customers? You're like, so let's say we have locations in Toronto and the world is our oyster. How how are we going to target the world and let them know that we're there? And yeah. how much money do we have as a startup to do that? So you do have to start building strategy and really understand how to reach these people. So it's been a learning process uh, for us, but definitely, definitely learned a lot and are still learning. Always, always learning. For sure. Yeah, that's the best mentality to have is that you're always going to be learning. Even 10 years from now, there will still be things you learn every day. So. As long as you just keep insights from the, the things that you learn and keep track of everything and just try to optimize it, learn from every, you know, every, every result that you have is something that can be optimized towards. So try not to repeat that mistake because be like, <laughs> oh, damn, I learned that the other time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. So try to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you've been featured in a few uh, different um, mediums lately. Um, you were on the Tell Us Startup Pitch Contest recently. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that experience? Yeah, so um, we applied. T- so Tell Us Pitch, just in case people don't know, the Tell Us Pitch competition is a small business uh, uh, the, the small business competition going around Canada nationally, and it gives a small company one one winner um, access to a hundred thousand dollar funding. 
uh, which is, you know, Canada is not like the U.S. in terms of funding. It's a little bit harder for startups to gain access to funding over here. So it's a nice and exciting opportunity. And really, as a small business, you're like, hey, why not? Um, so we, I decided to um, apply. And uh, the competition is headed and mentored by Arlene Dickinson, who is, you know, a, a very famous Canadian businesswoman, um, investor, author, and she's also the dragon on CBC. So, I mean, she's been quite inspirational because her story is very interesting. Like she started a little bit late and almost an unlikely uh, businesswoman and how she kind of propelled herself to the top. Um, so that's been very exciting. And uh, there was, I think, over 6,000 companies that applied. So we were very, very um, honored to be selected as one of the uh, top candidates across Canada. Uh, part of the selection criteria above, you know, what the concept is and our growth strategy, they were really interested in the community impact that businesses were doing, which I noticed as part of, you know, the top companies. It's about environmental and social impact. So for us, it was about how we were helping small business owners um, get access to additional revenue and kind of keep their heads afloat because it has been an issue and lots of businesses have been suffering. Um, so, um, yeah, we were very honored to do that. We didn't come out with holding the 100K check, but uh, it doesn't mean that we might not try again in the future. And uh, either way, it was really nice to be recognized as one of the uh, companies in that space. Yeah, and even just being on there gives you some publicity and I'm sure you got some good like takeaways from that whole experience. So. Yes, uh, it was uh, it was very interesting to see the competition. Like, I mean, all the pitches and very um, very polished. It was very yeah. very yeah, very impressive, very polished, uh, very polished. Yeah. Cool. And um, I heard that you also were recently featured in a Bloomberg article. Um, do you want to, I guess, discuss your PR strategy and how you can you got your company to be able to feature to be featured in um, a magazine like Bloomberg? So, I mean, in my pre in my former life, I did write, I mean, I was a copywriter when, um, as part of my education, and uh, I did do a lot of press releases over my, over my career. Um, so I did, I put together, so that's part of the skill set that I brought to my role. Uh, so I put together the press release and I worked, so the press release was about our partnership with uh, Penguin Pickup, and I worked with their marketing team to get it out there. Um, you know, I think that in PR, there always has to be that that hook, that really interesting story. So um, our partnership with Penguin Pickup is unique because they are locations that are their one-stop locations where you can uh, ship your um, online um, online purchases to, including groceries and things like that. So I think that it was unique in the sense of how they were already optimized to help us with our unique business idea. So it just kind of came together uh, a little bit of a perfect marriage and right. business model. Um, so I think that kind of resonated with how a small startup, and they're all they're also a startup, but they're just uh, in a much more advanced stage, how, how these two startups are going together and expanding nationally like that to offer that service to, you know, across Canada to people. So I think that just um, the unique solution and that unique partnership together resonated. Cool. Um, so I guess how did that partnership even begin? Was it, Were you actively looking for someone to partner with or did it just kind of come up? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Yeah, so they actually reached out to us. Um, they had either a call, like I think there was actually um, one of their customers that sent an email to one of the head of partnerships and said, hey, there's this company. I think that this is something that might be of interest to you. And they contacted us and we're like, well, wow, this is this is just absolutely perfect. Uh, they you know, you can you can ship your groceries there. You can ship 
um, you can really ship anything around the world there. So in addition to storing bags, it also gives our customers um, a unique space where like if I'm coming to an Airbnb and there's a penguin pickup location next to me, I can store my luggage there before my arrival. I can also ship groceries there. And if I know well in advance, if we build that awareness well enough and work on our partnership together, if I'm traveling from the UK, Uh, to Canada and I can ship a product from the US to that location that I don't that I'm not able to get access to in the UK so it gives them like this scope of services all in one location so it's quite it's quite unique and exciting very cool um, so I guess uh, what are your, what are some of the big things that are happening in the, the next few months to a year with a uh, bags away that you want to talk about um, so we are working on a national expansion with a really big brand I'm not going to potentially reveal that because you know you, 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 you can't celebrate your wins before they happen Fair enough, yeah. and uh, yes I learned that in the hard way so I'm not but but that's something that we're actively working on and if we do manage to do that that's going to give us you know reach uh, nationally um, to a lot of vetted locations so that's that's very very exciting um, and in terms of I mean We are mostly mostly like operating in northern hemisphere so obviously that becomes a very cyclical thing and we are affected by tourism trends so we are looking to expand um, globally specifically to the southern hemisphere so that we can balance um, you know balance our revenues and not just uh, not freeze <laughs> yeah. Yeah. our operations and just literally freeze um, so that's something that we're working on also some some partnerships and integrations um, to really reach our customer base. When it counts at the point that they are booking their accommodations booking their travel so um bigger plans but we're also sticking to the basics you know you can't you know you're working on the big things but also sticking to that basics and kind of hammering the pavement as you go so um kind of keeping a healthy balance on that awesome sounds like a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline yes lots of excitement and uh, lots of work so got to allocate our resources accordingly <laughs> all right well then i won't take too much of your time sounds like you got a lot going on um, thanks for stopping by arena it was great talking with you and uh yeah have a great day thank you so much kevin thanks for letting me share my stories and some of my insights and uh, appreciate that have a great day thanks for tuning in to our podcast by brief bid Check out our Twitter to find out about our next guest and to send us questions you'd like us to ask on the show. 